All right, so we're going to try to get things going here pretty quick. Still people coming in the, through the foyer, and uh, it's just, uh, aren't, you, aren't you glad to be here this morning? Yes. Let's uh, count of three. Let's say hallelujah. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Wow, man, that's good. That you guys good. are awake. Let's stand our feet. Look in your hymnal 750. If you need the words, you probably won't really need the words, but let's stand if stand up if you're able, Peace Like a River. We're going to kick it off with Peace Like a River. It's in your hymnal 750, and uh, we're just going to have a good time and just celebrate Jesus this morning. And uh, you want to do that hallelujah one more time? Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. All right, let's go. Peace Like a River. You know how it goes. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. Okay, love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. You got to keep an eye on this group. Got to keep an eye on these right here. Joy like a fountain. Joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. Okay. While the instruments are playing, see if you can find seven people and tell them, hallelujah, that's the word for the day, hallelujah, God bless you. Hallelujah, God bless you. Okay, we're coming back in on Peace Like a River. Peace Like a River, right at the top. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace. Okay, peace, love, and joy like a fountain. I've got peace, love, and joy like a fountain. I've got peace, love, and joy like a river. I've got peace, love, and joy like a river. Bear with me. I've got peace, love, and joy like a river. I've got peace, love, and joy like a river. I've got peace, love, and joy like a river in my soul. Yeah. Good job. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, please, please take a seat. Where do you want me to take a seat? 
Oh, by the way, Linda's got an announcement this morning. Does she? Yeah. Does she? That's right. But you got to wait until the red wears off. Okay, we'll do. Hey, uh, Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock, we have um, dinner, potluck dinner. It's always good, and there's always plenty of food, so come. And uh, then at 6.45, we have a Bible study. We are this Wednesday. Um, Bill Gallagher is going to bring continue his, um, his study in, on Joseph, the life of Joseph. That's really been interesting. Uh, be sure to, uh, for the men, be sure that you know that this Saturday... Okay, this Saturday at 10 o'clock is uh, the men's breakfast, and PK hosts that, and uh, that's uh, here. So we'd love to have you do that. And then uh, you can read the bulletin for the rest of your announcements. So we, I'd like to wish Sandy Millard a happy birthday, though. Okay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yesterday she had a birthday party. It was uh, 50, right? 50 years old. Oh, you can't say that because you're in church. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Linda's got an announcement. And we also have our all-church meeting and potluck oh, that's right. coming up on May the 7th, which is a couple of weeks from now. May the 7th, all-church meeting and potluck. So, yeah, I don't know what Cinco de Mayo means. It's a Mexican potluck. Okay, so. Woo. So bring your, bring your sombreros. There you go. So, uh. Hey, let's have some more music this morning. Let's just enjoy uh, living in Jesus' house today uh, with Over in the Glory Land. We're looking forward to that. Look in your praise book number nine, Over in the Glory Land. And uh, let's just sing that together, okay? You can remain seated and comfortable. Praise book number nine. Over in that glory land And I long to be by my Savior's side Just over in that glory Sing it out, ready? Just over in that glory land The happy angels band Just over in that glory land Just over in that glory Just over in the glory land There to sing God's praise and His glory shed Just over in the glory land Just over in the glory land I'll join the happy angels band Just over in the glory land Just over in the glory land there with the 
Stay in that praise book, number 24. Number 24, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. It's just a beautiful old song. Let's just share this together this morning.
sing that third verse. continue to praise him in your hymnal number 78 I love you Lord if you can stand if you're able to stand to your feet let's go ahead and stand if you're able and let's just continue to praise and worship this morning in music goes like this I love you Lord just sing it out and I lift my voice
presence this morning, Lord. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's just go to the top. Let's sing it again. Sing it through again. I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my Father in heaven, we do pray indeed that it would be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. We come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We believe that you exist. We believe that you reward those who are diligent in searching for you, Lord. Help us to be diligent today to search your word, to search your mind, Lord, and to just be healthy and happy in you, Father. We just pray that you'll bless the rest of the service, Lord God, and we pray that you'll bless all of the services around the world that are speaking your word by means of your spirit. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh my Take joy, my King, in 
May, May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Hallelujah. If the fellows would come forward, we're going to take the offering now. blessed or are we blessed? Man, I'll tell you, we are so blessed just by God. And Father, we thank you for everything, Lord. We thank you for who you are, the great God of the universe. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the Savior of the universe. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your precious life, your horrific death, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your intercession for us to the Father. So, Lord God, we pray that you'll bless this offering, that uh, the monies might be used to uh, affect this church in this community for you. And, Lord God, we just pray that you'll give us a bigger footprint in this community, that you might be made known. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus says, 
And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all people unto myself. This verse was originally used by Jesus to describe his upcoming crucifixion and imminent resurrection. But nowadays, we like to use it this way. When we lift Jesus up, rather than ourselves, all people are drawn to him. So we are going to now lift Jesus up through song and to a really beautiful song. You've got this, the sheet music, you've got the words. If you want to sing along, sing along. If you want to stand up, stand up. If you want to sit there and just enjoy yourself, you can do that too. Here we go. Above all powers, above all the kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man.
Good morning. Yeah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to um, just thank you for your word. We want to thank you for everything that you've done for us, everything that you're doing, everything that you will do. Oh, Father, for your plan of grace and mercy. And we thank you for just who you are, Lord, the great God of the universe, for sacrificing yourself in your Son, Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. That was some nice music, wasn't it? Such a beautiful song. Wow. Uh, before I start, I want to uh, tell you kind of where we're going to head here in the next few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really um, motivated to talk about what's coming next in, uh, in the world as it relates to the Bible. We are going to be seeing a cashless society here in not too awful long. Our freedoms are going to be threatened. We're going to see bank failures. The decline of the U.S. dollar has already started. There's a redistribution of wealth that's going to go on, and there's a new credit system coming. So if any of those things interest you, you want to uh, make sure that you get here because these are all things that the Bible predicts, and these are all things that we're going to talk about. I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, from Mark, you don't necessarily have to turn there if you don't want to. It says this, I'm in Mark chapter 4, and I'll be starting at verse 35, so just relax and listen to what this is. So Jesus has been talking in parables about the seed, about the, the uh, ground and the seed, the parable of the sower, the mustard seed, and it says in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, it says, That day when evening came, he, that would be Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You have to remember that <clears throat> most of these guys were very experienced fishermen, so uh, for them to be out in the storm on the lake is not necessarily an a unusual thing, but this must have been a very unusual storm. He says this, <clears throat> Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. These hardened fishermen were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And so the question today and the title of this message is, Who is Jesus Christ? 
if you get this wrong, you really get something wrong because I really believe that this is probably the most important doctrine to get right in all of the Christian uh, uh, word. You'll notice that I gave you a handout when you came in. Do all of you have it? Okay, good. And the title of the handout is Jesus is God. Now, <clears throat> I want to go over this with you. You know, it's interesting because we could say and go around the room here and, and I, I venture to say that every single one of us, if we ask, who, who do you think Jesus is? Every single one of us would say, well, he's God, right? And then if I ask you to prove it, that might be a different story. I'll tell you something, and let me just let me just give you some facts. The Christian science people, which are neither Christian nor science, they believe that Jesus was not divine, but a man with divine consciousness. The Islam, or the Muslims, okay, uh, the religion of Islam, they believe that Jesus Christ was not God, but he is a prophet. The Jehovah Witnesses believe that Jesus is the archangel Michael who became a man, a created being, in other words. And the Mormons believe that Jesus is not God, but that he is the spirit brother of Lucifer. Now, if you get this wrong, you really, everything from that point on is going to be messed up. All right? So, we're going to go over this, these scriptures and we're going to see what the Bible says about Jesus Christ and about God. I was in the fellowship room a little earlier and one of the gals who was in there took her, her sheet here and she looked at it and she goes, holy moly, we're going to be here till four. <laughs> no, we won't be here till four, I guarantee it, but <clears throat> we won't be able to get to all these scriptures, but that's okay. You'll have the scriptures to take home with you, okay? And my advice to you is this. This is such an important study that I would take this sheet of uh, paper and I would fold it in half and put it somewhere in your Bible. Because <clears throat> if you ever get the privilege of witnessing, let's say, to someone who doesn't believe that Jesus is God, Perhaps they believe, perhaps they're a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness or something like that. You know, our first tendency is to want to just put them off. Okay, no, we don't believe the same things. You go your way, I'll go out my way. But you know, these, many of these people are quite sincere. The problem is, is that they're sincerely wrong. And if you are sincerely wrong, then you're still wrong. And we want to see as many people be saved uh, as possible. And I will tell you this, that in those denominations, okay, they train their people very thoroughly. And if you sit down and you don't have this, these scriptures and you don't know where to go in the Bible, you'll have a hard time refuting their, um, what they want to tell you. So... Let's go to uh, point number A. What does the Bible say? It says that there is only one God. Now you can turn to the scriptures with me if you want to, but I'm going to be going a little bit quicker because um, 
I don't want to keep you too long. So they're all written down here for you. So if you want to just listen to me and then uh, turn to them later, that would be great, okay? But I want you to especially listen to these scriptures, okay? So the first scripture I'm going to, to talk to you about is Isaiah 42, verse 8. Now listen to what it says here. <clears throat> I'm going to start in verse 5. This is what the Lord, the, uh, this is what God the Lord says. Now you'll notice here in these scriptures that I read to you that we're going to see many times that God is named God, capital G, Lord and Savior. And this is the Old Testament, all right? It says, this is what God the Lord says, He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. These are beautiful scriptures. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free the captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Can you think of another scripture in Isaiah where this is very, very, uh, this, this almost word for word, Isaiah 53, remember that? Now listen to this, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. So what I want you to remember here is I am God and I will not give my glory to another. Jesus in John chapter 17 prayed to the Lord and he said, Father in heaven, basically I'm about ready to come to you and please grant me the glory that I had with you before the world began. So Jesus shares in God's glory. The next scripture I want to read you is Isaiah chapter 43 verses 10 and 11. Listen to what it says. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Now, here's the, here's the verse I want you to remember. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there, any, nor will there be one after me I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Apart from me, there is no Savior. Well, we know for a fact that in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is called the Savior, isn't he? The Savior of all men. Well, let me read another scripture to you, Isaiah 45, starting at verse 18. Here's what it says. It says, For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. This is the word Elohim. It's the same word that we see in Genesis chapter 1 when He says, Let us make man in our own image. And the us there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens, 
He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Now he goes on in verse 21. He says, Was it not I, the Lord, and there is no God apart from me? A righteous God and a Savior, there is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Are you starting to get the hint here of what he's saying? There is no other gods. Let me read another scripture to you, Isaiah 46, 9. And I just picked these scriptures because they were all together and I, I could do it quickly for you. He says this, Remember this, fix it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. You're supposed to laugh when I say rebels. You rebels, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the beginning, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. And I love this. I say, this is God, I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said that I will bring about, what I have planned, that will I do. When Jesus uh, in, when uh, uh, Paul in the New Testament says that God who began a good work in you will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus, you can take this Isaiah chapter here and verse and use it as the promise, what I have said I will bring about and what I have planned, that will I do. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says, and you don't have to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and it is uh, verse 4. It says this. So then, he's talking about eating food that is dedicated to idols. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world. An idol is nothing. Okay? Whatever idol that might be, it's nothing. He says and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, small g, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods, small g, and many lords, we know that uh, fallen angels, they want to be recognized as the God of their realm, in Ephesians, it says that there is, there is evil and wickedness in high places. Satan, in uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, says, I will be like God. And we know that that's his goal. So the Bible says, oh yeah, there's only one true God, but there are many little Gs, little gods, okay? Fallen angels, etc. 
He says this, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come, and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came, and through whom we live. So point number A, there is one God. Now I think everybody, I think that that's enough scriptures to, to really verify the fact of what the Bible says. So let's go to point B. Point B says we are to worship the one and only true God. You don't have to turn there, but Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 1, says what? What is the first commandment? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, right? And Him only. You shall have no idols in front of you. So if you've got a bobblehead doll on your dashboard, okay, of St. Paul or something, you probably want to take it off because it's probably not going to do you any good. But yeah. Point number C, okay. Jesus was and is worshipped. What did I just tell you about point number B? We are to worship God only. Well, point number C says Jesus is worshipped. Let me read some scriptures to you out of Matthew, okay? And I'm just going to read just a, a, a couple, three short ones to you, and we will see. I'm going to show you that Jesus Christ was worshipped. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. You remember this. This is when the Magi came and they'd seen the star of Jesus and they followed the star and they came to the to the uh, place where Jesus was born and Jesus was there uh, in the manger, etc. And it says here this, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. They worshipped baby Jesus. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, let me tell you what that says. Yeah, this is, this is the time when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, okay, in the chapter, in chapter 14, and he goes up to a mountaintop to pray by himself. And he sends his disciples out in the boat to go ahead of him. So we pick up the story in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. There was like 10,000 or more people there at that particular uh, event. And that's amazing. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Wouldn't you just love just to be there when Jesus was praying to his Father? I, I, I want to know what he said. I want to know how he prayed. It had to be just absolutely amazing. He says, when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So the disciples were facing a very strong headwind. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. 
But Jesus immediately said to them, I like that. You know, when we're fearful in our hearts for, over something, immediately Jesus will come to us and He will uh, help us with that fear. He says, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Immediately, or excuse me, then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now, you know, we bash Peter for being a denier of Christ and for, we're going to read here in the next sentence here that, you know, he, he's, he, he looked at the waves, and he, he's, which is us looking at our, our troubles, and he started to sink. But you know what? He was the only one that got out of the boat. Okay? There was 11 that were cowering in the boat, and he's the one that says, if that's you, Jesus, tell me to come to you. It says this, When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? <laughs> I mean, can you see why he doubted? I can. It says this, And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When Jesus climbs into your boat, those trials will die down. Now listen to what it says here. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let me give you one more scripture here in Matthew chapter um, 28, verse 9. Just listen. You guys are doing a great job of listening. I appreciate it. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Or verse 9. Here's what it says. So this is, the women came to the tomb. And they saw the, the stone rolled away, right? And there was the angel there in bright, bright clothing. And it says, I'm just going to read it to you. Matthew chapter 28 says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going on ahead of you into Galilee. <coughs> there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. 
Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. Point A, there is one God. Point B, we are to worship God only. Point C, Jesus was and is still worshipped. Point D, this is really important. Point D, the Jews knew that Jesus claimed to be God. I'm just going to read a few scriptures uh, to you out of John. I'm going to start at John chapter 5, verse 18. And listen to what uh, the Bible says about that. John 5, 5, 18. And it says this. So Jesus had just gotten finished healing the man who had been an invalid for 38 years at the pool. And he had uh, told the man to pick up his mat and walk and the man was instantly healed. And so it says in verse 16, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, what kind of things was he doing? Healing people, raising people from the dead, feeding 5,000 or 10,000 or whatever. He says this, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill Him. Not only was He breaking the Sabbath, but He was even calling God His own Father, making Himself equal to God. Let me give you another scripture. John 8, starting at verse 55. Here's what it says. So, the background to this is that the Jews were accusing Jesus of being demon-possessed, of doing these miracles by demonic power. I mean, how messed up can you be, right? Here Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath, doing good, and they were so wrapped up in their laws that they were missing the whole point of the people being healed or the people being raised from the dead. And so he says, it says this, At this the Jews exclaim, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Of course, the answer is yes. He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. You know, Jesus really didn't mince any words, did he? I mean, can you see why people just didn't like him? I mean, he, he called the Pharisees, who were religious leaders, he called them whitewashed tombstones. You're dead men with a white coating over you. 
He goes on. He says, Your father Abraham, this is Jesus speaking, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Well, you know, when I read that this morning again, I thought to myself, you know, Jesus was like in his very early 30s. He must have lived a pretty tough life because they said, you're not quite even 50 yet. <laughs> Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Where do we see this in the Old Testament? In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, Moses out asked God, What's your name? Who do I say you are? And God said, I am that I am. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. I am. And here Jesus uses the same exact phrase. Let me give you one more, John 10, 33. This is one of my very favorites. John 10, 33. So, he says, I'm in, uh, I'm in uh, verse 22. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe the miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Love it. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father for which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these replied the Jews but for blasphemy because you a mere man claim to be God. They knew didn't they? They knew what he was saying. There is one God and we're to worship God only. Jesus was and is worshipped and the Jews knew who Jesus claimed to be. Well, let's take Jesus as Lord and Savior, point number E on your, on your list there. And uh, let me read some scriptures to you out of John again. John chapter 1, verse 1. So here's the point I want to make with you. And we will be stopping here because what you can do at this point, okay, is you see point number F where it says compare scripture with scripture, okay? That will be your homework assignment from there on down to the back, okay? And if you would rather, we can just stay here and study it. Uh, but we might have to order pizza in, okay? So what we'll do is we'll stop on Jesus' Lord 
Jesus is Lord, Savior, and God. What did we just read in the Old Testament? God says, I am the only God. I am the only Lord. And I am the only Savior. Didn't he say that in the Old Testament? Yeah. Well, let's find out what the, the Bible says here in the New Testament. I'm going to read John chapter 1, verse 1. And here's what it says. In the beginning was the Word. Now this beginning, as I explained to you last week, is a beginning that has no beginning. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, verse 3, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that was that had been made. So how did God make the world? He made it through His Word, didn't He? And the Word was with God in the beginning, wasn't He? And the Word not only was with God, but the Word was God. Now, if you have a Jehovah Witness Bible, I'm going to read this. I, I don't have it with me, but I'm going to tell you what they did. They added a definite article right before this last phrase. He said, they, theirs reads this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. They just added that one little definite article and it changes the whole meaning of the verse. That's why God says in Revelation, don't add and don't subtract from my word. <clears throat> let, me, let me go on. Um, verse 10. He, that would be Jesus or uh, uh, the word, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, that would be humanity. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Let me go to verse 14. And this is one of my very favorite verses. It says the Word, now before Jesus was incarnate, okay, before Mary gave birth to Jesus, that's when the humanity of Jesus Christ was born, right? But before that time, Jesus was the Word of God. Always was the Word of God. As I told you, I believe it was either last week or the week before, you know, the words, when I'm speaking like this, these words that I'm saying to you belong to me. They're my words. When I read to you directly from the Bible, these are God's words. Okay? So we are the owner of our words, aren't we? Our words are us. And the word of God was God. It was God's own word. Alright? So it says here in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh. God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And then we have a parenthesis here that John says, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And it's interesting because down here in verse 18, he calls God the one and only, but in verse 14, he calls Jesus the one and only, the Word. He says this, 
No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. We're almost done. Let me read. Um, oh, this is the book. Let me read Philippians to you. Okay. Philippians chapter. I think I'm in chapter. Two. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. This is an amazing section of Scripture. It says this, and there's really no way to misinterpret this, okay? It says in verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who are we talking about here? Christ Jesus, right? Who? Christ Jesus. Being in very nature... God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or something to be held on to but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man just like what we read in John chapter 1 verse 14 <coughs> He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now listen to this. Therefore God exalted him to the second highest place. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that, does it? It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. What did we read first of all? God says, I will give my glory to no one, right? He says, I am the Lord, I am God, and I am the Savior. And it's very, very simple here. We're reading in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is God, He is the Lord, and He is the Savior. I've got a couple, three more verses to read to you, four more verses, and then we'll be done. I want to read Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, because this is another scripture that you need to use if you are talking to somebody about Jesus Christ being God come in the flesh. Listen to what it says. Talking about Jesus Christ here. He says this. He, speaking of Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him and that's not all not only were all things created by and for Jesus Christ but he holds everything together the scientists call that atomic glue it says he is before all things and in him all things hold together he holds this universe together by his word I want to read to you um, 1 Timothy 1.1 1, 1, because this is listen to what Paul says Paul's writing to Timothy here 
Listen to what his address to Timothy is. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus our hope. So he puts God our Savior and Christ Jesus our hope in the same category. Listen to uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 13. And, and I haven't even done 10% of these verses, okay? So uh, if you really want to get a good study on it, uh, then please uh, just take your time and mark those sheets of yours. They're only four ninety-five. I'll collect it at the door. Uh, I'm just kidding. Got a couple of sour faces there. Uh, listen to what Titus says here in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. It says, I'm going to start in verse... Hmm. Wow, where do you start here? I'm going to start in verse 9. Teach slaves, we would interpret this as employees, teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, try to please them not to talk back to them and not to steal from them but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's a lot of ammunition, you know. And um, I'm telling you that... There will come a time, and there probably already has come a time, when each one of us could have used this study, all right? And if you'll go and finish the study, uh, on the back, here it talks about Jesus' two natures, how that he can be fully human and fully God at the same time. That's really important. It's called the hypostatic union. That's the big theological uh, name for it. But... Um, and then also it, it shows uh, how Jesus, how God is worshipped and, well, anyway, read it, okay? Pray with me, would you? Dear Father in heaven, forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to believe in you, to have faith in you, and to trust you in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm worn out. Did you get it, though? I mean, okay. Okay, good. If you're here this morning and you've got a prayer request, you can write it on that one piece of the bulletin. Yeah. And, uh, or if you need us to pray with you, you're welcome to come forward at the end of the service. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, 
we'll pray with you and talk to you about giving your heart to the Lord. Uh, you can do any of that while we're being dismissed with this final song. In your hymnal 184, you'll find something that goes right along with today's message. I had to have my I had to have my readers on though. Did you? I had to go. I had to get my readers. You're going to need yours too. Uh, I think okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So you need to borrow my readers. No, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> Let's stand our feet. 184 in your hymnal, a course called Thy Word, and we're going to be dismissed with this this morning. Sing it with me, and we'll do the first verse. We'll do the course twice, but the first verse. Okay. Ready? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid and I think I've lost my way, Still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Don't forget, don't forget uh, Wednesday night, six o'clock uh, uh, dinner and six forty-five Bible study, and then Saturday, don't forget the um, men's uh, breakfast, and that'll be fun. And then, what's that? Redeeming the time. That's the name of the uh, the lesson. Okay. Thanks, people, and just have a blessed Sunday, would you?